Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine Tuesday evening. Apologies for us being a little late for being live, but... We're here, and we're making it happen. Obviously, technical difficulties. Enjoy following us all over the place. This is going to be a great episode. We're going to talk to two dudes that have done the TKO before that are super excited for it to be coming up, and we're super excited to have them on the show. This is Sea Time. We are the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. We are brought to you by the flying folks over at Fly Racing, so you can check them out at flyracing.com. Go check out all the new 17, 2017 gear. And, of course, Kinda Tire. We're going to have the Ibex Tire this weekend for everybody to check out at the uh, Tennessee Knockout, sponsored by Kenda. And then, of course, SRT Offroad, srtoffroad.com. Those guys are going to be all over TKO as well. Half their team's going to be there. I think they've got like 40 dudes on the team, and like 18 of them will be at the TKO. It looked like Craig Thompson is actually on my row, so I'm going to have some shit to prove if that's the case. It's going to be horrible to rub elbows with one of our sponsors, but let's just say I'm going to win. Inside corner, you know, I'm just rubbing elbows and making it happen. Of course, uh, yeah, you can find us all over the internet. If you don't want to find us on YouTube, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you want to do audio only, we do have a chat room, which I'm going to bring up now because I forgot. TLK.io slash seat time. If you want to jump in there and, uh, and ask some questions that then I can send over to our guests. And of course, um, there is a chance for you to help support seat time uh, as we get close to the Tennessee knockout this coming weekend. So what you want to do is you want to go to Selfy, so L-E-S-E-L-L-F-Y.com and search for the TKO Enduro. There's 15 minutes of raw footage there for you to get your, your moto boner on with for $1.99. So go get that, share it with your friends, Try to send us two bucks for it, and hopefully that is something you guys would like to do to support Sea Time. Um, Hunter, what is going Yo. on, dude? Holy crap. What's up? You're just hanging out in your room with your little fan workouty thing in the background? Nah, nah, this ain't my room. This is the room that no one uses, so I use it to do these awesome interviews. That sounds like you're getting better at this because you're already talking more than you ever did the first two times you came on the show. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Tomac jersey I see in the background? Oh, yeah. And being that it's... And then there's the long hiding back there. It's time. He's shy, you know. Yeah, I hear that. So you've got... That's a, one of the newer Tomac then, right? Where he's green. So, I mean, he's on the Kawasaki team at that point, huh? Yeah, yeah. My mom knows his dad and she was like... Oh, I got to get Hunter a jersey. And she said that because I texted her like five times, get me a jersey. So she got me a jersey. There it is. And um, that connection would also be the same connection with your mother knowing Mr. Todd Slavic, right? The BMX bicycle connection? Yeah. That is so weird that your mother was such a badass on a, mo on a bicycle. I'm not surprised. She's pretty cool. That's where you get it from, right? I try. It has nothing to do with your father whatsoever, does it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all the skills come from the Madre. Yes. Well, dude, uh, okay, we've had you on the show twice before. You were over here as you were in Texas, as you were kind of trying to do some of the GNCCs, heading out there doing that. And you went to Erzberg. We had you on after you did Erzberg. Got a good chance to chat with you. So what the heck have you been up to since then as we're leading ourselves up to the 2016 Tennessee knockout this coming weekend? Uh, to be honest, I took a little bit of a break from – from racing like i kept training and riding and stuff i just i wanted to kind of relax a little bit kind of get my head back and uh and i think we're uh, pretty successful with that i'm definitely looking forward to the tko i haven't done a big race since Erzberg, and i did a couple local stuff it didn't go the best i won one of them which was great and then i did a metro this past weekend and, and i messed up my back really bad and I've been trying to kind of recover from that. Uh, so hopefully Sunday, I don't have to ride Saturday because I'm already qualified in, which is nice. So I'm going to rest up and, and, and just go have some fun, honestly. Yeah, so you won, you said you won a Netra race, but this past weekend you had issues or you, it was? Or no, I won, a, I won a PSTR short course race. Okay. It was just a 
it's a smaller series around here. And then I went to the Netra this weekend, and uh, my bike was was all out of whack. I have no idea how it happened, but but the the suspension was like full stiff, and I didn't touch it. And my dad says he didn't touch it, so I don't know what happened there. But I was riding it for for like an hour and 15 minutes or so and I hit a rock weird and the shock it really didn't work and it just jarred my back the wrong way and I was just done right there like I just it totally went out like I couldn't move Sunday night at all so now I can move a little bit thanks to those salt baths yeah uh, like, like Epsom salt yeah those really do do wonders it's kind of crazy that those work as awesome as they do to help the body kind of just uh, I, who knows what it is? Science, you know, definitely yeah. science. Um, but what part of your back was it? A lower back thing? But typically, those kind of jarring things like that seem to always be that lower part of the spine, because you know, right up there in the coccyx. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Because I broke my back there four years ago. Oh, okay. And I've been kind of dealing with it, and and it was kind of like wasn't too bad, but man, when I hit that dude, it just all came back. I, I was done right there. Just. Nope. End of my day. I'm packing up. Yeah, man, that sucks to hear. Um, I strangely, uh, so in case I look extremely refreshed right now and maybe just a tad bit tired, I was actually getting a massage literally up until we had to like start packing up for the show, but for the same reasons, minus the writing part. So I think like two or three weeks ago, we've been working on a strength cycle at CrossFit. And one of the things is we do a lot of deadlifts on Friday morning. And so this strength cycle um, two weeks ago or yeah, two weeks ago, Friday was just some really heavy, like 90% one of your of your one rep max lifts. And then last week was a couple at 95% because we're trying to build back up to, you know, where we're about to be for our one our next, excuse me, trying to get a new PR for another one rep, one rep max. And man, I don't know. Like I just, I either have been drinking too much and not riding enough, or what, or something. But yeah, I just, I think that just got like way too overworked, kind of like hitting those heavier weights, um, and yeah. so it just kind of got really funky. So I got a massage tonight, um, just trying to get limbered up. I always have issues with the pump and everything like that. So, uh, you know, they were working on my forearms and my shoulders because of the surgery, and then the lower back specifically. So have you, well, have you ever gotten a massage? That might be a good thing to try. No. I mean, I go to a chiropractor every now and then, uh, but that's about it. Um, I can't afford massages, man. I'm cheap. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just have my mom give me one. She does sometimes, which is quite nice. You just told the internet that your mother gives you massages. Yeah, of course. I don't care. She's my mom. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> How old are you now? I'm 19. 19? 19 and wild. Technically legal. That's 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 fun for everybody. I think. I think the world needs to watch out. Yeah. So how ex- how uh how upset are you that Graham Jarvis isn't going to be competing, but he's actually going to be there? He's going to be there, but he's not racing. That's what the PR said because he's going to be there because he's doing his little. His little school afterwards. Oh man, I'm kind of bummed out. I know it's like it's funny oh, because it makes it I didn't sound know like it's. Yeah, well, he ever you know they did all the PRs and everything. It's like Graham Jarvis is coming. He's racing because he's doing his school, trying to make some extra money while he's over here, and then now he's not because um, they were trying to get everything worked out with his team, kind of a situation. And apparently, they couldn't get that worked out. That's what the press release says. It was funny because we, you know, when we shared that from the uh, Tennessee knockout stuff to the Sea Time page, there was a bunch of like, "Oh, must be injured, uh, injury." Uh, you know, just it's the way the press release was written. It kind of like sounded a little uh, uh, corporate. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is he's a he's. He's a legend, and I would love to have the opportunity to race against him again, for sure. And, and this time, you might be closer to him. Yeah, yeah. You think? Because what do you mean closer to him? Because at the Erzberg, you were not. You were on top of your water bladder, like two oh, hours yeah. in. Yeah, making out with your water. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, that's true. It would have been cool line up with him closer to him no doubt 
Eric Kudla is in the chat room. Again, if you guys want to jump in the chat room, it's tlk.io slash time. And he's going, I can't ride in the mud. How do you ride in the mud? I tried. And I don't know if he's like being facetious or not, but he's a West Coast guy. So I'm thinking now that he's on the East Coast in Ohio, he may actually be legitimately telling the truth. Like, how do you ride in the mud? So let's just say, that he, let's just say he's being honest. And what, do you, what, would, what would you say to him? How, how to ride in the mud? Yeah. Dude, you take a little of this and you go like that. Ah. That's it. <laughs> it's not rocket science. <laughs> you go faster, bitch. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I like to think of mud as the exact same thing as sand. You have to stand up, especially if it's deep, kind of slimy mud. You got to get your weight back. And to your point, it's not guys like you may uh, take the throttle and do this with it. But, of course, guys more like myself, it's much more about consistency. You cannot chop the throttle. If you chop the throttle, that's kind of like it's just that weight's going to go forward. You always kind of have to be extremely smooth in the sand to make sure that you're not uh, like kind of, uh, I don't know what you call it, but like pinballing the weight of the bike back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, because if you let off the gas, your front end just starts kind of washing out, and then you're like, you're just done, you know? I like it. Well, that's okay. Even if it is a joke, we're going with it, and we just gave somebody a bunch of awesome advice, didn't we? Yep. <laughs> it was probably, he was pro- probably serious. I seen him ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so mean. So Chuck was asking what time we're going to get to the TKO. Uh, Hunter, what time are you going to get to the TKO this week? Uh, I'm going to leave early Friday morning, taking off work, and should be there early Saturday. When you, say, when you say take off work, does that mean from the Lego store? Do you still work at the well, Lego store? No. I work at a place called Enfield Motorsports for all your Yamaha, Kawasaki, and Suzuki needs. Uh-huh. So no more Legos. <laughs> No more Legos for right now, but dude, I, I still build Legos. It's the funniest thing because my son just turned four, right? So he's been Legos, Legos, Legos for literally since he could fit them in his mouth and then put them in his hand. He's got them in his mouth first. He's like the dog. And so, like, I, he's like, build the Legos with me, Dad. Build the Legos with me. So I'm building the Legos, and then he starts to try to take it apart, like, as I'm building it. And I'm like, I finally am like, I'm like, I'm like president business. I was like, dude. Just let me finish it first, and then you can destroy this shit, okay? Just let me go from, like, number one to end of the book. I can hand it over. I can cry a tear, and I can watch you destroy it. Just let's get that far. And it doesn't happen yeah. time. It still doesn't happen. It's tough. And then, and then when you're building, you're probably like, man, Hunter gets paid for this. Unbelievable. And you're doing it with your kid for free. Yeah, well, I don't really say that it's for free i mean i did i did have a lot of sex to have a kid so i I paid my dues yeah tough life huh (laughs) eric kula's pissed off about the lag (laughs) he's pissed off about the lag because there's like about a 20 second lag you know just with streaming live youtube all that kind of stuff so he's saying stuff in the chat room as he's watching the show, right? But you and I are live, like live, live. You know, we're like zero lag, bro. And he's got yeah. like 20 seconds. Yeah. So he's like typing shit and we're like already responding to other stuff. So it's like, uh, it's, it's interesting. And he said that what we told him helped a little or probably Good. will help a little, just a skosh. Just a pinch. Just a pinch. <laughs> just a pinch. Well, um, okay. Before we totally talk about TKO a little bit more, I wanted to talk a little bit about Cody Baker. Um, the, being in okay. Texas and stuff like that, it's t- you know I know that you got you know being in the Northeast, you guys right there, you guys kind of know. So just tell us a little bit about the injury that happened, uh, how he's doing, and, and how people could potentially still help. I know I saw a lot of uh, GoFundmes and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, I made a page for him, uh, and it's on my Facebook, it's on my um, Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, he can use all the help he can get. And uh, so anyways, what happened was I called him up to go ride at Southwick. They they had an open practice day. We were supposed to ride at his house. But I was like, dude, everyone's riding here. You should go. And, and he's like, all right, I'll go. So he drove down, um, and it was his first uh, solo drive. He just got his license, and uh, he went out for a sight lap, I guess. I went to go pick up uh, Johnny Girard from his house. 
to go to the track to meet Cody there. And, and, uh, uh, Johnny got a call from, from Cody's dad saying that, that he, he went down and he needed help. So I know John, uh, uh, Johnny went out there and, and, uh, uh, Cody was already gone in the ambulance by the time he got there. But, uh, yeah, I guess first lap, you're not for a sight lap, just, just got cross-rutted and, and just got cranked the wrong way. And he, he's doing, I mean, obviously he's not doing good right now. He's, he, he's paralyzed from the waist down, but, uh, He's got some some feelings every now and then. He'll get little sensations, which is a, a huge sign of hope, you know, that right. he might be able to walk again. Um, but as of right now, it's going to be a while, and it's a long, tough road. But he's got a lot of support, and I go and see him at least twice a week or once a week. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's cool to see him smiling and stuff. He's got a lot of help and a lot of support. He's... He's at a rehab facility right now. He's probably going to go home actually within the next couple weeks. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it sucks. It sucks a lot, you know, to see it happen to like a good friend. And and then I mean, there's another kid here, Mike uh, 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 Mike DeWile, who got paralyzed too from like from like the stomach down or chest down. And it all happened within a couple weeks of each other, you know. So it's scary to have two of your friends. Yeah. Like, not being able to walk so but i mean everything happens for a reason yeah there's obviously something going on so yeah it's one of those deals where it sucks but it's like you know for us it's like we don't want to dwell on it we want to make sure that people know that that stuff happens be safe when you're riding obviously you know make sure you're that whatever you feel is the right amount of safety equipment we would hope that you're smart enough to put all that on yeah. i know these guys were doing that it's just freak accidents happens especially in a sport where we only have two wheels and no roll cage so <laughs> uh it shit can get weird but uh yeah definitely so make sure you head over to uh to Hunter's Facebook page if you feel like you want to help donate to Cody or to his other buddies, uh, all the injuries that they've got and collecting and things like that. So what we don't want to do is get injured at the TKO, right? That's just right. We don't want to do that. Yeah. But uh, other, other than that, you know, just, do you think that Cody Webb knows that you're coming for him? I don't know. I, I'm just so pumped to, like, be able to race a guy like that. You know, I mean, I'm going to show up to race him, obviously, but he is Cody Webb. And he's a legend as well as Graham Jars, you know. He, he's, like, on the same level of legendary status. Yeah. Well, I'm just pumped to be able to try. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be cool. awesome. So what, what, what changes this year? Like, so now that you've pre-qualified, you don't have to ride Saturday. So you're obviously going to be way less smoked going into Sunday. So yeah. I mean, is it just – do you know what the pecking order is yet for what the – for where you're going to start in the hot laps? Or, or do you think you're going to be like way in the back on Sunday? I I have no idea. I mean, since I was 25th, it's probably towards the bottom of the start list. But that's fine. You know, it's a hot lap. Everything can go wrong in one turn for anybody. You know, that course is gnarly. So it. I think it's a totally, it's a fair game. Even if I start like, like on the 25th minute or, or however they do it. Right. So yeah. here's, I, I think, what was it, two years ago when I went, you know, the course went the, the way that it went, and then last year it reversed. So do we, th- is that a, do we know if that's a recurring theme? Like, is it probably going to be that the reverse, it's going to be back to the way it was two years ago? Because I think it was actually a little bit tougher two years ago than it was last year. I don't know. I thought it was pretty darn tough last year. I mean, Let me rephrase that. I, not that I thought last year wasn't tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't see the course uh, uh, two years ago, so I would hope that they make it as gnarly as they can because it's kind of – I don't think um, – is it part of a series or no? No, that is something that from what I understand they're kind of they, – they want to have happen, um, but that's oh. not – that's not in the works as of yet. Like they kind of would like to bring in like things like last dog standing, um, and, and events like the TKO, maybe like the hundred, the Ozark 100 and potentially the tough, like roar one day down the line. That might be kind of like a national little series to find the, the upper, upper echelon. 
That's a lot of so, that's a lot of distance to cover though from East Coast to West Coast. As yeah. Well. So I mean, since it's not a part of a series, I think they should make it as gnarly as they can. I mean, it was pretty gnarly last year, and if it was harder two years ago. Uh oh, Steven, I got no audio. Did it rain? Did it rain? Two years ago, we did get drizzle, but we did okay. not get we did not get any drizzle last year. I have not raced in any Sunday two years ago. It rained hard. Yeah. Saturday two years ago, it drizzled and made it substantially more difficult, but. The rocks sweat in the woods, so it really doesn't matter. It's it's just one of those things. It's just so stinking humid in the woods that it's just crazy. So, yeah, I know. Uh, my dad said that there's like an eighty percent chance of rain on Sunday. Oh shit! So, <laughs> well, I mean, I think the more rain, the better. In all honesty, because I like it when it's just as gnarly as you can get it. So, bring it on. The more, the merrier. Let's see here, Chattanooga, Tennessee, because that's close enough. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Five days. Chattanooga Honda. Looks like so balls. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> so Saturday when I will be on a motorcycle in the woods <laughs> at the Trials Training Center, it'll be a high of 89 and a low of 72 with a 60% chance of rain. On Sunday, which will be when you're in the woods, it'll be a high of 90, not too bad, low of 72, and still 60% chance of rain. So we really need to pay attention and see how this is going to go because it could be bad. You'll be fine. You live in Texas. It's like 110 every day. I'm fine with the heat. I'm fine with the heat. But the thing is, is that on Monday, it's 40%. So if we get a little bit of luck and whatever this kind of is kind of comes through a little early, then there'll be less of a chance for rain. Now, if it's just the opposite, (laughs) well, then we're probably going to be riding in the rain. (laughs) That's all right. We won't know. Tell Hunter to make sure he brings spare parts this year. Is that Mark Weeks? No, that was Chuck. Chuck? All right. I'll bring spare parts. At least a side cover. Yeah. No more JV Wells, hopefully. Well, fingers crossed anyway, right? Yeah. We'll see. So the only thing is, is, I emailed Eric Pernard and Sean Finley to try to ask, like, what may have potentially changed. And, uh, and they didn't say anything about any kind of, like, two, like, any any new crazy features or anything like that um which kind of kind of sucks like this is like i've loved watching and i get it it's red bull money but i've loved watching the evolution of some of the 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 cool features that get built at some of these other events and you know having been a you know a mountain bike guy for so long and having done a lot of like trail building myself like it's not all that difficult to build a lot of that stuff so it's kind of crazy to think that they can't go build some fun little wall ride or all that kinds of stuff, but apparently they did build a new bridge somewhere. Now, I don't know if that's code for wood, as in woodwork, like we built a bridge, like it's not really a bridge, it's just a hard-ass feature, but we shall see. So it sounds like we're probably going to be riding a lot of the same stuff, which Saturday, uh, it's tough, it's not easy, but it's nowhere near, at least for us anyway, as as gnarly as it is for you guys on Sunday, especially like the waterfall and things of that nature. Yeah, no, definitely the Saturday race is is a lot of fun. Like, it flows a lot more than Sunday, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. Okay, so when you guys go out for your first, like, really long, like, 12, 13, 14-mile loop on Sunday, how different, how much did it differ from what you rode on Saturday? Oh, if I remember correctly, it was basically – like we rode maybe a couple turns of the Saturday track and the rest was all just like, like it looked like fresh cut steep. I'm lost. We lost your audio again. (laughs) 
What are you doing? I heard that. All right, just messing with wire. I was just making sure it wasn't something that was like, it's working now. Try it again. Try it again. Oh, do you have headphones with a microphone? He can hear me. But, well, yeah, he's like... Uh, what video feed are we on right now? Because his might be cuter. <laughs> YMCA. Uh, see if... Uh, what if we switch him to audio really quick and then go back? Like, does it... What if you like... You know what I mean? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, of course, while he goes and tries to do that, we'll see if we can do... Oh, yeah. We got people... I like it. Wolfie's in the chat room. So, one of the things that we're going to check out and see this week is the TKO. So, if you guys haven't looked at Fly Racing, definitely go get some of the kinetic mesh gear. That's what I'm going to be wearing while I'm there because it is going to be super hot. It is so hot. And as we've talked about multiple, multiple times, the kinetic mesh gear is so good for being in the hot and humid sections. It's great here in Texas. It allows you to breathe so well. So it's going to be a great addition to have while we're uh, good. there. Good. Oh, we can hear you Hello. now. Hello. Here now. Hello. Hi. Oh, man, this is so clear. I yeah. love it. Yeah, there you go. Now you're like, okay. wait, now, I, now you understand why we tell people to wear headphones. Yeah, I get it. You're like, okay, I'll start listening. I'm only 19, one day. Yeah, I'm not 20 yet. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's talk about a little bit of the, the, the Saturday stuff. So when you when you did on Sunday, like the miles that you rode when you went out and rode the longer course, that was totally different stuff. From what I remember, yeah, it was way different, and I was like, oh, got to go up that. So I went up it, and it just took me like an hour and a half per hill. Most of the time. Fantastic. Kind of rough. Man, that yeah. sounds horrible. Well, that's, that's another reason why I don't need to be riding that kind of shit. I'll do nah, my stuff on right. Saturday. I have fun because it's a, it's a flowy-esque trail that you just got to do, do a good pace on. You come up with some nasty shit. You got to not get stuck. And you have a good damn time kicking your butt. And then you go to Sunday, and it's a whole other race. And I don't need to be in that race. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. This, this is not my thing. You know what I mean? I feel you, dog. Dog. All right. Well, you're going to get there at least enough on Saturday to, to hang out with Chuck and I while we race. Is your dad racing on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, he is racing on Saturday. I'm so excited. That means I'm in control of the pit board. That is the scariest thing ever. What are you going to put on it when I come by? I don't know. Hurry up, I, Sally. That's – no. <laughs> no, I don't know yet. That's probably going to be a surprise because – I don't even know what I'm gonna write until you're, until you're about to come around the corner. Until you and then see I'll my, it out. my tongue literally hanging out of the side of the bike, like in the spokes. Yeah, like dragging through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably how it's gonna go down. Well, dude, what what are some last words before we do wind up heading into the woods of Tennessee? Uh, buckle up. I don't know. It's going to be fun. Those are I can't words. wait. I know. I'm really excited, dude. I, I had so much fun riding in Colorado. The five days that we were there were absolutely insane. Steven is, is about halfway done with the video for Sea Time Adventures. Um, so we're really trying to power through that so we can get that out there for everybody because we had an epic time. So I'm really looking forward to riding more technical trails. I just wish it was going to be like the 70 degrees it was in Colorado in Tennessee yeah. opposed to the 98 plus 110% humidity. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen. Well, dude, thank you very much again for coming on Sea Time. I very much look forward to see you on Saturday. Uh, what size shirt are you? What size shirt am I? Uh, adult. Mm, give me a large. Large is good. I like how he's like adult because people still buy me kid size shirts. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm 19. I'm not a child. I'm... A young adult. I am an adult large, so I'm going to say that you're not <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see what I've got, though. I've got some extra shirts uh, from some of the sales that we did, uh, just a couple extras that we bought. So hopefully we've got a couple mediums because I think you could fit into a medium quite well. That'd be awesome. Can't wait. All right, dude. Will you tell your dad we said hi? I'll drive safe, and we'll see you down there on Saturday, okay? 
All right. Sounds good. Holler, Have Biatch. Have the rest of your show. Awesome. Out. We're going to go ahead and get Taylor Robert hooked up here. Again, if you guys are paying attention, want to jump in the chat room, tlk.io slash seat time. So one of the things we were talking about is the Ibex tire. So let's bring this up and talk about this bad boy. Kinda Ibex. So this is kind of one of those tires that's kind of become a, you know, it's been interesting the past five to six years that we've watched Enduro Cross um, as a series change things and one of the biggest things i think that we've seen change is the is the tires that people are using because we saw them using trials tires for a long time when it was going on you know way back in the the late 2000s but then they were like no you can't do that anymore especially in the in the big bike class you could still do it in the trials class but the problem with that is so then you were like ah so what they did started doing is making these gummy tires well as that evolution has kind of gone through we've seen the equilibrium tire come out, which was kind of that intermediary compound, but people still wanted a knobby tire. So then they started making that into a gummy compound, which is kind of a prototype-y uh, with Shugel 2 casing for Kenda. There's quite a few of us that have run those at the uh, TKO and different enduro crosses. Now, with the Ibex, it's kind of the whole new uh, iteration of that tire and all the work that, that has gone into it. So I'm looking forward to putting that on with my tubeless setup and... Uh, that is funny. Do you see what camera is <laughs> <Yeah>. using? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> did you remember that? <laughs> oh, buddy. And then, uh, so it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to being able to get an Ibex tire on the rear of my bike and having a lot of fun and kicking ass and taking names. And holy shit, Taylor Robert, do you have facial hair? Yeah, what's going on? Dude, when was the last time you shaved? It's got to be like two months with that Oklahoma-style stash you've got going on. Yeah, it's actually been three months, so it's nice. been pretty good. I'm glad to see that that Arizona blood is just as thin as Oklahoma's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, holy shit, dude, I got to ask, how the hell has life been, man? You've been all over the world this year. We could, like, I could ask so many specific questions, but I feel like just how the hell you been? Like, how has life treated you? Uh, been, it's been going pretty good. Yeah, like you said, been all over the world. I've literally been in... Uh, in every continent except uh, Asia and Antarctica, and just been <laughs> traveling around like a beast. And uh, had had a few weeks at home now. It's been pretty good, and yeah, just been having fun traveling around, trying new stuff. The uh, the world enduros are pretty gnarly, though. I will admit that. Yeah, that's that has got to be. That's I think what's going to be awesome, and I, I definitely want to hear all about that because what you can do is you can give us some insight to that more than anybody else um, because we've had you know Kirk Caselli was on a couple times after he had gone and done a handful of them right like the little one-offs that he had gone to do but he had never competed in the whole series like you have um, so I mean one of the things that I was going to say specifically is bike setup you know the bike that you race is it set up to any degree like you would have a bike set up for anything else that you've ever done in the states or is it actually a little bit more of a normal setup and it's it's not as different in that regard than we would think it would be um the bike is definitely set up different i wouldn't say it's not like a completely different bike but um for starters before march of this year i had never ridden a bike with pds so that really was, yeah and so and, and then the, the reason you're on a pds bike over there though is because it's like the xcw no yeah, it's EX, the EXC. Yeah, right. It's the EXC, which the reason they have to run the EXC is for their homologation stuff. You know, they they have to be able to race a bike that they can street legal, and the EXC is technically the only bike that they can street legal. Holy crap! So yeah, that's crazy. Then that you've never had a chance. But then because of the fact you've been on Kawasaki and then Yamaha, you know, you were on so many different brands. Obviously, before you would have ever been on a KTM. So by the time you got on KTM, they had linkage at that point. So yeah, exactly. And, and you know everybody in the state states runs linkage, and you know the linkage works good. So not that the PDS doesn't work good. It just takes some time to get used to. You know, as far as being able to predict what it's going to do and whatnot. Well, here's this is interesting then. So because you had never run a PDS, and now you have, obviously over on the in different parts of the globe, uh, have you noticed any less chance of it hooking up? On stuff because that was one of the things that, that people were 
I guess you could say very vocal about when KTM did come out with their linkage is that how steep it was and how how good of a chance it had for kind of a stopping power. And I don't know, maybe you've noticed that it didn't do that now that you're back on a PDS. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it definitely like, it gets on the ground quick. Um, the only thing that I noticed that it, I don't really like about it is that when you bottom out, because there's no linkage, it basically, it has nowhere to go. So it really kind of throws you side to side if you bottom out. Whereas the linkage, there's a, mo- a lot more moving parts there and a lot more areas for the energy to transfer through. So it kind of, I feel like it stays more up and down where when you bottom the PDS out, even if you're coming into a turn on braking bumps, it'll just kind of get, get a little loose on you and you got to got to take her for a ride interesting and and is that because of the fact that the pds seems to be a lot more linear where as you mentioned with the dog bone linkage and everything you can get a much more progressive feel out of your uh rear suspension yeah i think so and it just because it's just bolted you know directly to the swing arm when it when it hits bottom it's it's going straight to the wheel so and uh and the chassis so once it once it doesn't have any more room it just kind of gets a little little side-to-side action. You got to see if you can hold on for eight seconds. Right, yeah. It's going to get crazy. Yeah, I know. I love that eight seconds. This is my this is my one last ride. My one last <laughs> ride. Um, well, holy – yeah, so that was that one of the things that I was wondering about was bike setup and things of that nature, and it's crazy. I didn't even think about PDS on the fact that you guys are riding those EXCs over there. Um, well, we were talking with Cody Webb, and we did get a chance to talk to you about it a couple times when you guys started to go to Super Enduros. Now, this year, you guys were going and doing that. You know, the past two years, it seems like you guys have Super Enduroed it up. But now that you've been doing that on top of the World Enduros, well, or the Enduro GPs, I guess I should say, how has travel been treating you? I mean, have you figured out a schedule to kind of like make sure that you're there early enough to be there early enough and then all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, the Super Enduros are definitely gnarly because you pretty much show up on Friday, race on Saturday, and go home on Sunday. Um, but the, the World Enduros, I have a little bit more of like a structured program as far as I always fly out on Monday, get there on Tuesday, um, and then we walk Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, race Saturday, Sunday, and then come home the next Monday. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely I get used to the time zone better, and you're, you're more set up when you get there, but... It's definitely a lot of work. I mean, basically one race turns into a week long and you do it, um, you know, eight times. And then uh, it just, it's relentless. I mean, we walk all day Wednesday and Thursday. We walk half the day on Friday. Then we do super test, which is basically just a prologue. Um, race all day on Saturday. The days are a lot longer than they are at six days just because there's less riders and they make the days a lot harder. And then once we get done racing on Saturday, we go out and we walk again until it gets dark and race all over again on Sunday. Uh, it sounds lots of awesome, but at the same time, like so stressful, you know, just on the body and on the machine and everything like that. In the in the GPs, in the Enduro GPs, how how do they work it with bike maintenance and things of that nature? And for that relationship, you know, because at the ISDE, you guys have to do all that work. Is it that intense? For you guys at the enduro gps uh no that's the only part that's less intense than isde is the bike work because um the the mechanics can pretty much do everything except change tires if you want to change tires the rider has to do that so um yeah and it's nice because you only have to do it once you know in between saturday and sunday you change tires but a lot of times we've actually been flipping the tire um because every race is is three laps long um, so after the second lap, we'll flip the tire just to get that little extra edge for the last lap. Yeah. Now, when you flip the tire, I mean, you're, like, you're physically taking it off and re- rotating it so it's re- spinning the other direction, like off the rim and everything? Yeah, exactly. So, which isn't too bad. I mean, we can do that in a couple minutes, and uh, it usually goes pretty smoothly. Yeah, I guess at that point, too, it's probably pretty malleable. Like, I mean, if you've been, especially the way you guys wear out a rear tire, I can imagine that. You know, it's probably like a couple little uh, clips with a spoon and that thing's off and on pretty fast, opposed to a new tire, obviously, where it's still a lot more tacky. Yeah, exactly. It's usually usually pretty soft and pliable by that time, so just rip it off, flip it around, and throw it back on for one more lap. Yeah. Um, As I'm saying all this, I'm saying Enduro GP, Enduro GP, not, you know, World Enduro Championship or Enduro... Like, why do you know offhand, like, when that 
switch happened? Like when it became the Enduro GP uh, or the Enduro World um, Championship opposed to what it used to be called? Did somebody buy it and change the name? No, they didn't. Nobody bought it and changed the name. They, um, they're just kind of trying to restructure it. And they, um, it was kind of a two-year process. So this is the first year. Next year is the second year. This year, um, you know, the Enduro GP basically just means the overall of all three classes, E1, E2, E3. Whereas next year they're going to change it even more. And it's just going to be Enduro, basically Enduro 1, which will be anything under a 250. So 254 stroke, 252 stroke, anything under that will be Enduro 1. And then Enduro GP class will be anything over that. So it'll be kind of take place of, or uh, take after the GNCC series. Like right. Enduro GP will be the premier class and Enduro 1 will be the kind of the secondary class. But they're still, they're still going to crown a world champion in both. And the factory teams are still going to have riders in both classes. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. It's good to have less classes in the long run. You don't have to have as many team members. So hopefully that maybe that maybe less constraint on the budget. And then at the same time, it doesn't make sense to have an E3 anymore since we don't have, you know, since big bore bikes are 450s. Like, <laughs> so right. It's yeah. All right. Well, that cleans that up. Do you think that that'll ever like translate into into like the what is the motocross as nations? Um, I don't know. I think the enduro stuff is so separate from the uh, from the motocross stuff, and I mean, even though they're both FIM, um, the promoters and like the track directors and everything, they're just totally separate people. So I don't think it'll. I don't know if it'll ever transfer over that way. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So how do you feel about how you've done so far in the world enduros, like? You know what I mean? Like, I look at the overall, and you're in eighth, and then you're in fourth in E2, right? And I think that yes. that's, I think that's phenomenal, and I've looked at the results, and you've, you've kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit. Obviously, you've done better in some and a little bit worse in others, but you've been extremely consistent in that eight and four in the two respective classes. So that seems to me like a fair place to be, but you're the writer. You're the one that knows when you had a shit weekend, a great weekend, and, and how, like, the whole season's really gone for you. Yeah, um... I mean, obviously, you always want to win. So when I when I'm in like fourth and fifth, I'm pretty bummed for sure. Um, and I know I can win because I've done it a couple times this year in the E2 class. Um, and honestly, like they're really trying to push that Enduro GP class this year. But to the riders, the Enduro GP class doesn't mean anything because we don't get bonus, we don't get anything for the Enduro GP class. Like all the riders just get bonuses and the. All the manufacturers, they just care about the class championship. Because it hasn't, so, it hasn't really restructured yet, like, officially. Right. So, like, the promoters are really pushing this Enduro GP thing, which is just the overall for all three classes. Um, but none of the riders, I mean, you talk to any of them, and they're like, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything to us, at least not yet, because we're still all going for class wins and, and class championships. Um, so, in that aspect of it, like, I haven't really been paying attention to the Enduro GP as much as the as the actual class stuff is going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, the last few races, I had some, some rough races, made some mistakes, and the terrain has just been treacherous. I mean, it's rained at every single race except for Morocco. <laughs> and uh, I'm from Arizona, so um, I don't have a whole lot of practice and experience there. But, you know, I, I've won actually a couple of them in the rain and, and have been doing pretty good. So... Just trying to, you know, be adverse and, and learn some stuff every race because those guys are relentless no matter what the conditions are like. Yeah. That's it. And that's what one thing. Do you think that that translates a lot to the ISDE for, like, those guys to that degree? Like, why it's, it's been so hard for Americans to kind of come over and, and, and take an overall at an ISDE? Because to your point, like, they are just relentless in every terrain and in any kind of conditions? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, you know, it, it definitely helps that they get to – practice that all year and, and they walk all the tests all year so then when they get to isd like nothing changes for them it's just you know more tests and a few days longer um but yeah i mean they uh they are definitely like the top guys they're insane i mean they when it gets nasty out there you'll go as fast as you think you can possibly go and then they're 20 seconds faster than you and you're just like holy crap how did that happen <laughs> you're like i got what the heck yeah Ah, well, so now that you've been 
So you're, you know, so you're, you're learning with these guys. You're tra- essentially training in what will help at the ISDE. So now that you guys have done your camp, has there been any advice that you think that you've culminated to be able to pass on to your teammates at the ISDE this year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we had all the riders out uh, in Arizona, not necessarily at my house, but um, in northern Arizona where we had a good spot to do some training. And uh, we uh, we all kind of sat down and I just kind of told them exactly what's been going on this year and uh, and what I've learned and what we can do better at the race. So I think coming into this year at six days, we'll be pretty strong. Um, you know, I'm kind of bummed that France isn't going to be there because they're, they're always the guys that we're like battling against. So, yes, yep. Um, you know, if it's going to be kind of bittersweet if we win and they're not there. But I think uh, in in years to come, especially if we if we get a win, then we'll have some confidence and and everything, and just you know all the knowledge that I've learned this year. If we can apply that to the race, um, I think we we have a really good shot at going for overalls. Dig it. Okay, so really quick, are you you're going are you going to be at the TKO this year? I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, you coming to the TKO this weekend? I'm, I still didn't. You were breaking up there a little bit. <laughs> the TKO, the the Tennessee oh. knockout. Oh, TKO. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're, you're coming. Yes. All right. So, holy shit! How like are you going to be on a two stroke? Are you like scared as shit because you haven't done any enduro like in any extreme training? Like, how is that looking for you right now mentally? Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Um, I'm not putting as much like pressure on myself this year i'm just i'm gonna try and go there and have some fun for sure but you know i have i always have a 300 at my house to train and practice on so i've been riding it here and there and um i just like that style of riding so much anyway that even when i'm at home training for enduros i'll still like throw in a day of extreme riding just to go out and mix it up so i wouldn't say that i'm like rusty or anything like that um definitely been been doing some extreme riding and, and put some hours on the 300 but uh you know I, the only thing i really missed this year on the 300 was last lock standing i still did king of motos with all the boys here so yeah i'm looking forward to tko it's always a fun one and pretty unusual format and uh and then this year we got graham coming over so that'll be interesting it's uh it's not like what I would consider a, a true like extreme enduro where you just go out for three hours and, and kill yourself. You know, right. this is that, that final moto is the only one that really matters and it's 30 minutes plus two laps and it's basically a 35 minute really tough enduro cross race. So it's a little bit different style than most extreme enduros, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to go out there and, and mix it up with all the US boys and Graham. Yeah. I know it's crazy um, that, you know, how, and that was kind of we talked about it last week my predictions were that Graham wouldn't do all that well in the sense of winning I said that wrong that Graham probably wouldn't win and to your and it's to your exact point it's that when it Graham isn't a sprinter um, and I think that that would have been his negative in when it comes to that final moto um, I think in the uh, and when you start taking things past two three hours and he has a chance to just chug and not make mistakes and just continuously pull away from people like those little half seconds at a time, that's when he right. just like walks away from people. But it's because it's over such a long span of time. But when you have it much more condensed um, into, into you know, like you said, 30 minutes plus two laps, I don't think that he has as, as much of a chance to excel. Um, right. But I hate to break your bubble that he is actually not competing now. Oh, he's, he's not coming? It, no, he's coming. It got posted that his the team thing, whatever it was to get some of his stuff over for the team, they posted it yesterday on the, the on the knockout page. And he's he's going to be in the states because he's still doing his little camp, but he's not competing now. And I was uh. like, ah. And so yeah, no. If you've been like actually like training and riding and haven't been on social media, then that's easy to miss kind of crap. Because no, when it was. When they were like, he's coming, like it was everywhere. Like, <laughs> so it's easy to miss. They probably were like, let's not put too many places that now he's not racing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I know. Well, right. you just gained a new spot. You just gained another spot in the race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, cool. I know that you are taking some time from your life, and we appreciate that. So any, any other last thoughts, World Enduro, any of the ISDE Enduro Cross that's coming up in Atlanta the weekend after, or maybe TKO this coming weekend? Um, no, the only thing, the only other thing I got up is I'm not doing Atlanta, um, cause you know, basically Taddy and I switched places this year. Taddy's, you know, coming to race in us and I'm going to race in Europe. So they kind of swapped us, but I will be doing the Endurocross cross here in Phoenix. And, uh, and that's pretty much my only other race here in the U S for the rest of the year. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, it totally makes sense. I get what you're saying that, you know, they used American dollars for Taddy this year and vice, you know, European dollars for you this year. So it's just kind of swapped up. Yeah, exactly. But um, other than that, um, I guess the only thing I can kind of talk about is this whole last week, I was uh, up in Lake Tahoe with Cody Webb and about eight camera guys doing a little film project for Red Bull. So, oh, shit. Yeah. So, uh, you guys keep your eyes peeled out in about, mm, I would probably say probably like two months, there should be a little banger edit coming up on the Red Bull page. Hell yeah, that sounds pretty damn epic. And now that we've talked about mud, Eric Kudla is in the chat room freaking out because now he lives on the East Coast and he's been trying <laughs> to figure out mud. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe give him like a couple tips that you've picked up uh, for mud. Um, I guess the only thing I can kind of explain it or kind of give some tips as, even though it's completely different, but you kind of got to ride it the same is if you ride the mud, kind of like the sand, just leave her wide open and fan that clutch. Is that not exactly what I said, bitches? Not, I just can't do it fast, but I can do it. I know how to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. You are the man, Taylor Robert, for making me look like a smart, intelligent human being. Yeah, yeah. We won't, we won't tell anybody, okay? I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Well, I really look forward to seeing you again in person. Uh, it's going to be great to catch up and just high-five you and uh, say, you know, it's great to talk on the internet, but being in person is always such a better thing. So thanks for do oh, yeah. doing such a great job kicking ass at the Enduros and being an awesome person for the United States. And I'm just glad that you finally have facial hair. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, dude. We really appreciate you taking the time. All right. See you guys. Bye. Awesome. So, yeah, so uh, Taylor Robert, thank you again for coming on the show. We had Hunter Newworth before that. This has been episode 216. Uh, I've been your host, Brian Pierce. You can find me on the internet at Woody B. Pierce pretty much everywhere. Of course, thanks to our sponsors, Fly Racing. You can find out more about those guys at flyracing.com, Kenda Tires, kendatire.com, and SRT Offroad at srtoffroad.com. It's very easy for you guys to make sure you figure that out. All of that you can get as well from your local dealer. Um, so that's a good place to start. And if not, go to your favorite.com and figure it out that way. If you're going to be at the event this weekend, please come stop by. Look for the Thor Outlaw. And Dad and I will be there camping, and I'll be there racing on Saturday. Would love to say hi to as many people as possible. Excuse me. I'll be videoing and doing a photo epic again on Sunday, so it'll be a great time to just catch a lot of action. We'll have a damn good time, and I'm going to race back so I can be at work on Monday morning, and we're going to see how that's going to go. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, yep. Chat room. You're welcome, Eric Kudla. You're welcome. Uh, thanks to everybody being in the chat room. We really appreciate it. I hope you guys had a great time watching uh, all these guys talking about this stuff. And we'll be back live again next weekend, hopefully with the winner of the TKO. If it's Taylor Robert, well, we'll just have his ass back on anyway. Remember, whoa, whoa, whoa. Remember, iTunes and Stitcher, in case you want audio only, you can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash seattime. On Twitter, it's at seattime underscore CEO. On Instagram, it's at seattime. And remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome.